hey there let's be real it's kind of crazy i almost feel as if i've forgotten how to do this and need to relearn it has been exactly two months since i have posted a podcast life gets crazy and it is what it is it's funny because the last podcast that i posted september 30th was just following our let the women retreat weekend where we learned and we talked about spiritual warfare and the goal and the plan and it still is was to go through those sessions and those talks and record them for all of you that weren't able to be there or for those that were there would just like to revisit some of the information that we discussed. Well, just being able to record those, myself and Sarah and Jessica, who did those talks, we are like, man, we thought the spiritual warfare was bad before the retreat. Once we came back, it actually seemed to ramp up even more. So I'm like, ah, Somebody doesn't want us recording the rest of those podcasts, and it just became a struggle and a fight. And clearly, we have not had victory over those yet, but I am confident that we will. But in the meantime, we're now in the season of Advent, and Advent is one of my very favorite seasons in time to study, to sit, to be still in the twinkle of the Christmas lights, and to prepare our hearts for Christmas. So we're going to come back to the spiritual warfare talk once we get through Advent and Christmas. So join us back in the new year for us to finish those, and hopefully that gives me enough time to fight that battle and win that one so that we can have those spiritual warfare discussions with you in the new year. So technically, Advent started yesterday, the fourth Sunday before Christmas. Advent is a Latin word that means arrival. The Israelites had waited a long time for the arrival of the Messiah, for the arrival of their Savior, who was going to save them, so they believed, from Roman rule and from oppression. And they believed that because all the way back in Genesis, at the fall of mankind, when Adam and Eve chose to believe in themselves and to doubt God's goodness, sin entered the world. And upon the justice that was poured out on them by them being removed from the Garden of Eden and some curses being placed on the earth and on them as punishment, there was also hope, a little glimmer of hope that was given to them as well from Adam, from his offspring down the road. There was going to be someone who would come to crush the serpent's head. So they have this glimmer of hope, and then there are promises all throughout the Old Testament that point forward to a future hope, someone from the line of David, someone that is going to come to rescue them. So they live generations after generations after generations in a season of waiting and waiting for the arrival of this promised hope. Who who among us likes to wait? Anybody? I don't know that I really like to wait. We don't like to wait. for things. We try to avoid waiting. We actually, we tend to long for those things that will be or what we want or what we think will be. And we have this hope and this desire in those while we wrestle with the discomfort of the present. We don't want, we don't want to wait. So much to the point where sometimes we try to force things to happen and we take them into control to be like, oh, let's just get this over with now. Waiting is hard. And just like the Israelites waited for that first advent, for that Christmas where Jesus was sent down to be born, to be the fulfillment of that hope, we too are still waiting for that second advent, the second coming of Jesus when he makes all things new. So we must wait for that, and we wait joyfully, and we can wait joyfully because of hope. 
So this first week of Advent, I'd really like to talk about and encourage you to think and meditate on hope. What? What is hope? What is your hope? I think the word is overused. I think we use it maybe because we don't really have a better word for it. But we're always thinking, I hope for good weather. I hope for a good day. I hope for the stock market to do the things that I need it to do. I had somebody in our our in-person Advent study say, I hope for green lights. I was like, ooh, that's, that's a good one. We hope for so many things. We hope for things for our children. We hope for things for our country. What we hope for and what we hope in shows us a lot about ourselves, that there is a longing inside all of us, almost as if hmm, it's an innate longing that we look forward to something we desire, for something that's positive, we look forward and wait for it with hope. This is Let's Be Real. This is all about us being honest with ourselves and asking ourselves the tough questions and to sit with them, to think on them and meditate on them. My question to all of us is, so what do we hope in? What do we hope for? And what does that show us about us? Because here's the thing. We can hope for a lot of things that really aren't all that bad in and of themselves. They're not bad things. But a lot of times those things that we hope for and the people that we hope in, one, they disappoint us. Anytime we hope for things in this seen world, they can fail us and disappoint us. And we have to be so very cautious with the things that we hope for and what we hope in because those things compete for our focus. It's what we spend the time thinking about, planning in, making arrangements for, and it takes our focus off of maybe where it really could be and should be. Those things can take over our worship. We are made to worship all day, every day we worship. It is to us as is breathing. We are always constantly worshiping something. So where is our worship pointed in the thing that we're hoping in, that we're giving our time, our attention, and our resources to. We worship that thing. What do you hope in? Not only do these hopes compete for our focus, they take over our worship, but they can and do become idols of our hearts if we are not careful. It's so easy in relationships to hope in relationships, relationships to fill us, to pour back into us as much as we pour into them. We can hope for approval from others and do all of the things that maybe we don't need to do or maybe that we shouldn't even be doing at all because they're just playing wrong to gain approval. We might hope in security, that that's going to give us some sort of peace, health, freedom. There are so many things that we pour our hope into and try to rest on that fail us every time. So I am in person doing an Advent study with some women in our church, and we are going through the daily grace study called Hope Has Come. And in that study, they provide a definition of hope from the Baker Compact Dictionary of Theological Terms. It sounds so very fancy. So this is kind of a long definition. Pay attention. (laughs) I'll try to read it slowly. It's a little wordy, but I think it's a great definition, and it's a really important thing for us to meditate and reflect on. It says that hope is the optimistic view and anticipation of the future, which is based on the conviction that God is sovereignly directing the course of this world to fulfill his promised consummation of all things in Christ. 
The object of hope is crucial. It cannot be human effort or worldly resources, for hope's object is not seen. Rather, hope is placed in God through the gospel, which promises eternal life and future rewards. If you need to back back up about 10 seconds and start over and listen to that again, do so, because there's a lot in here. It's this optimistic view of anticipation of the future. Like I think we all do that. I think that's very easy for us is to look ahead with this future desire and hope that things are going to go well, that we can be optimistic, hopefully, that they're going to go well. But is that based on the conviction that God is actually the one sovereignly in control? Like we need to ask ourselves that. And then we really need to think about the object of our hope. This definition says the object of our hope is crucial. It can't be human effort or worldly resources. Confession time. A lot of times, my hope is in me. A lot of times, my hope is in my own human effort. I'll get it done. I'll fix it. I can do that for you. If I'm unsettled or unhappy with something, I'll Google my way to find a the solution, right? Like we are so good at trying to fix all of the things. And I become dependent on myself to do it all. Oftentimes my hope is in me and it is not in God. And the object of hope is crucial because I, <laughs> I disappoint myself all the time. All the time. Like, girl, why can't you get your act together? How hard is this? If you only had a little bit more discipline, you could do A, B, C, right? Anyone with me who has said those things that we even disappoint ourselves? Let's make sure the object of our hope is placed in God. He promises eternal life and future rewards. I'd love to look at 2 Corinthians 4 with you real quick. Specifically, I'm going to read verses 16 through 18. Because as we are waiting for the second coming of Jesus, when all things are going to be made right, when justice will prevail, when there will be no more tears, when there will be no more pain and no more grief, like, oh, do we long and hope for that day, but we have to wait. And sometimes it's hard to wait. It requires perseverance to realize and to see that hope in the end. But in the meantime, we wait patiently. We do not give up. While we wait, we persevere in hope. We persevere in God. In chapter 4, Paul says multiple times, we do not lose heart. We do not lose heart. Though we wait, we do not lose heart. We persevere in hope. Chapter 4, verse 16, so we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day, for this momentary affliction is preparing us for eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. This Advent, this week, focus on hope. Ask yourself, what do I hope in? Because the object of our hope is absolutely crucial. Do we hope in the things that are seen, that are temporary, that are transient, and that disappoint us? Or do we hope in God, that which is unseen, that 
which is eternal. Because like the beginning of this verse says, our outer self is wasting away and we're living in light and momentary affliction. It can feel so hard. It can feel so heavy. The perspective here is that compared to our eternal glory, what we are waiting for in the second coming, what we're going through now is nothing compared to the rewards and the glory that is coming. And that should offer us so much hope as we wait, as we persevere, as we don't lose heart, even when things are hard. And in the meantime, while we wait, to ask ourselves, what am I hoping in? Am I hoping in myself or in the things of the world around me? Or is my focus and my hope on God? If you have ever been disappointed by anyone in your life, if you've ever been disappointed by your circumstances, not going the way that you hoped they would, Romans 5 verses 1 through 5. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that the suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Hope does not disappoint. Hope is a person. Hope is Jesus. Hope is God. It is not a thing or a circumstance. The hope that has been given is the Lord. God is after our hearts. That's what he wants from us. Our hearts to be rooted in him. We need to trace out our Hope from our heart through our circumstances to land on God as the foundation. Don't get stuck in the circumstances because we wait and we rejoice in the midst of them. When they're easy, when they're ugly, when they're hard, we're supposed to rejoice. Sounds so much easier said than done. But our hope needs to land on God. What is your hope in this Advent season? Meditate on that. Pray about that. Ask God to show you what are the things that I actually hope on. What does that show me about me? And God, help me to refocus my hope on you that does not disappoint. God, we thank you for this Advent season. We thank you for the opportunity to slow down, to refocus, to put our eyes back on you in this time that can be really busy and that can be really crazy. God, help us to remember the point of all of this. Help us to meditate on you and the hope that you give. Help us to carve out time to come and sit at your feet this season to get into rich, good habits. Help us to draw so near and so close to you that we cannot wait until we come back and get to do it again. God, help us to be in constant communication and prayer with you throughout our days as we're preparing our hearts for the remembrance and the celebration of your first advent. Help us to live well in the tension and the reality that we are waiting for the second advent. Help us to live in the midst of that hope every day and not forget it. God, we thank you so much for sending your son, for him to to live a perfect human life, to be the perfect sacrifice that died and rose again to usher us as believers into a living hope. We pray these things in your name.